0: 3rd down 10, 32, White going deep, oh he's got Chosen, beating Sertan First 6, the former Robbie Anderson, now Robbie Chosen, 62 points for the Dolphins, 2nd down and 2, 18, big hole, rushing touchdown and his fourth today.
1: Nice. Kevin Harlan describing what ended up being the 70-point outburst and now A-Chain is now A-Chan. Right, I believe there's been a pronunciation. It's fine. Let Egan change it again after he scores another touchdown. Mark Schlereth is on Twitter at Mark Schlereth, morning show host on one oh four three the fan in Denver, NFL analyst for Fox Sports and host of the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hello, Mark.
0: Hello, how are you guys?
2: Think we're good, man. I'd love to know when you look at at, at the Broncos right now. And I know that uh-huh. you, you get a seventy burger put on you; it's rough. I it, are there places where you think the team has looked better so far this year?
0: But yeah, I mean the quarterback has looked better. Um, you know, sometimes I think you you look at uh, you know a top three defense or whatever they were last year, and everybody says, "Well, what happened?" You know, it's just the defense coordinator. They were awful in that game. There's no question. But you just understand the complementary nature of football. Like, you know, last year you knew if you went to play the Broncos, if you scored 16 points, you're going to win. So you don't put yourself in harm's way. You don't go after – like, you don't – like, as an offense, you're just like, hey, listen, we're going to be very conservative. We're not going to turn the ball over. We're going to do some things because we know we don't have to score a lot. So I think sometimes – you know, that that defensive statistic category from last year um, was a bit skewed. And so I think you have to look at it that way a little bit. But the bottom line for the Broncos is, you yeah, know, that was maybe the worst performance I've ever seen or maybe the worst performance in the last 60 years of any NFL defense. And that, you know, that I mean, I don't know what you do from that because that was awful. And you mentioned uh, kid went from Devin – a chain to devonna chan i mean that you, you you rush for 200 yards <laughs> i mean that was like shaka con like it like he like he's like no a chain is not good enough for me anymore i'm so damn good i'm gonna be devonna chan now because it's got a little sing-songy rhyme to it like it it's just the, the like i said it's the most embarrassing loss um, for that franchise uh that i think that it may be the most embarrassing regular season loss in franchise history. I'm not maybe it is the most embarrassing loss in regular season franchise history. They've they've done some things in the postseason that were uh, pretty much equal to that. Uh, 55 to 10 against uh, the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl is one. But you you think that
2: Russell Wilson is playing better under Peyton. Why?
0: Because he is. I mean, I think there's well one. I think when you look at what Russell has done, um, like. His ability right now to stay in the pocket, his ability to move up in the pocket, his ability to throw the ball in the middle of things that he has never done well, he's actually doing those things. Um, and I, I think that has been, you watch that part of the coaching. Um, he certainly has, has taken to that coaching, and he's doing those things. Um, if you look at him statistically, put it up, put up uh, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, they're, they're almost identical statistically through three games. So he's playing a lot better football. Now, they haven't scored a lot in the second half. That's been an issue for them. Um, and, you know, and they've had some other, you know, issues along the way. But for the, for the most part, Russell, compared to last year, it's night and day how much better he's playing.
1: How have Broncos coaches in these intervening days handled the accountability of this and making sure that as coaches take blame that they're not shying away from internally, externally, understanding who's at fault and what has to be fixed, because it gets frustrating here, Mark. With because the Bears uh, seem to live in a different world from everybody else, that they have their their processes and their practices, and and things are always kind of fine when we know they're not. I don't think it's yeah. it, Sean Payton. I know is watching the same game that you're watching, right?
0: Yeah, there's no question, and I think one of the I think one of the things about about Sean. Um, is there is this, you know, overriding accountability factor that Sean talks about, and that needs to happen. Now, I thought after that game in Miami, somebody was going to get fired. And I don't know internally, I don't know internally if if anything happened or not. I mean, I don't know that they made any changes internally. Maybe gave some more responsibility to somebody somebody else. Oh, no. You
2: know... Got him. He he fought back. I know valiantly. Right, like he he fought back. But they got him. You know it's it's weird Damn like that. Cylons. It's, it's weird like that in the mountains. I know. Yeah, he's out there probably in his Ford F F1, one F one fifty mm-hmm. drive. Maybe a three fifty. He's got the big one. He's out there, he's driving it? around. is the
1: 350 like the bigger one? Is that the one with like the two wheels on yeah, the back? Like yeah, man. Like each side's got two wheels on the back. I don't know. Uh, Mark, we got you?
0: Yeah, I'm, I am here. I'm sorry. I'm in Nashville. I'm heading over to the uh, Tennessee Titans facility right now. Well, we thank you for
2: that. Um, love to know what you think when you watch the Bears. Well, what are you seeing? What are you not seeing?
0: Well, I think, you know, I, I, look, at, I look at the Bears. One of the things that I think happens um, – but just with exceptionally athletic quarterbacks, and that's, that, that's what you have on the offensive side of the ball. And I think everybody tries to understand, or everybody understands, that, hey, listen, being an athlete at the quarterback position and running around and doing those things, put yourself in harm's way, is awesome, it's exciting, it's fun to watch. Justin Fields is great at it. But from a long-term sustainability standpoint, I don't know that that's a sustainable form of offense. And obviously, you know, the guys that that can operate from the pocket and win from the pocket are the guys that win championships. And so I think everybody has those athletic quarterbacks, and that's what's being produced out of the college game right now. So everybody tries to say, okay, we'll take that guy and we'll put that stuff in, but we'll eventually kind of parse it out, if you will, and and we'll start morphing into this more of a drop-back kind of way we want to play the game. Uh, And that's great in theory, but the bottom line is, that's not what you know he has done. That's not what he's that, why he's been good. And I think that's I think that's an issue that you have to look at and you say, okay, how much is enough? How much do we transition out of that? I think one of the problems with guys who are exceptional athletes who turn into quarterbacks, in my experience, is their default mechanism is not from the neck up. It's not throw the ball away. It's not you know, hey, find my check down. It's go make something happen athletically because it's instinctual, and ultimately in in the In the long term plan, I I just don't think you win on a consistent basis with with that. And I think it's really hard to change that for a quarterback to just say, "Hey, man, I'm going to throw one away," or "I'm not." You know, when you're that gifted athletically, you've always been able to go out and make a play. Um, You've always been able to go, you know, kind of quote unquote out athlete people, and it just doesn't work, you know, long term in the NFL. So I just think there's a real transition aspect going on with them offensively. that is that is part of the problem.
2: I'm glad that you said that because it's it's a a working theory that I've been throwing around on on the show. Like if you go back to some of the Urban Meyer offenses before they they actually added the pass in accidentally, according to Urban, you you have this now. Like we're we're two generations of quarterbacks that grew up in RPO styles that were the best athlete on their high school team. And if you needed them to make a play, they could make a play with their legs. And and then the college coaches go, hey, this is an easier way for me to go and win because look, we'll have the best athlete on the field and he's got the ball in his hands. I wonder if it's going to take a little bit more time for any of these this group to develop into the, the pocket passing game. And whether or not, it, it means a change in how they're coached once you get them to the, the college and pro level on how to build them into a pocket passer.
0: Yeah, I just think it I think it's one thing like it's always the theory of this is how we're going to move forward. Um, you're gonna have to have some patience. and I think the other thing that ends up happening, is you have to understand how different the NFL is from college football, simply because of the dimensions of the field, um, and I'm talking about the hash marks. There is no wide side of the field, so from a space standpoint, there's less there's less space to operate. You know, when you go three by one or you're into the boundary, you're very tight in the boundary. You know that you've got so much space toward the field. It's different than the NFL, so the NFL is really more of a, a middle of football field game where college football exploits the edges of, of the football field. And therefore, some of those offenses, when you come to the NFL, you have to morph into what you're what you're doing. I think one of the other issues with college offenses is your best players are all the receivers, the wide receivers. And so you want to be in four wides and, and you know five wide offenses as much as possible, where in the NFL, because it's a middle-of-the-field game, you've got to have tight ends and you've got to use those guys – Um, you know, to, to, you know, be the quarterback's kind of security blanket and and to keep the uh, offense moving. So it's a different style of of offense. So you're taking these quarterbacks that are those spread guys, and now we're putting them into a middle of the field kind of offense based on the hash mark. So that's, it's a big transition that not a lot of people talk about. And one of the reasons it's tough, you know, going from the college game to the professional game. From a player's
1: perspective, when things are going badly, and I know you didn't have a lot of things go badly for you in your career, but how did you want to be coached? More or less, harder or softer, pat on the back or kick in the ass? You, you personally, what would be the best way in tough times to coach you?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know any other way than getting kicked in the ass. I mean, everybody ever ever played for that's the way they coached uh and obviously we live in gentler and kinder times than uh uh than, you know when i came up in the national football league but uh i wouldn't know what to do if i wasn't getting my ass chewed even when we're playing well so um that was just the way and the style of, of coaching that existed um so i'm just kind of used to that uh, you know i i think in tough times uh when things aren't going well um you got to grind and you know, and, and you got to be coached hard and there's a reality that there, there, like nobody. Um, you know, that you've got a twisted ankle or whatever, you got to go out and produce and you got to play hurt and you got to play injured. More importantly, you got to play well, hurt and injured. It's, it's, you know, it's a tough game and it's, you know, it's won by tough, mentally tough, tough minded people. And, um, if that's not, you know, if that's not for you, then you shouldn't be in the game. Um, and that's like, I said, that's how I was always coached. And, um, and I feel like you gotta be challenged that way. That's
1: why I wonder, we talked to Matt Bowen yesterday, former NFLer, and he said, yeah. if he were running practice for the bears, it's time to be more physical and it's time to run each rep harder and tougher in practice. And I'm not sure the teams can do that anymore or that they can send the right message of, look, full pads. and We are going to go hard today. And it's kind of what you're talking about. And I and and I'm not going all junction boys on you. And I'm not because I'm not I'm not really don't. I don't think about the game that way. But I understand it. When I hear it from players, nothing reinforces it like hitting hard in practice.
0: Well, there's that. But even when you're in, even when you're in like shells and helmets, um, you know, we used to always say full, you know, full speed, no pads. And the 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 speed, the pace with which you play, and the way you execute. Like if you can do that in practice, and and even if you're not in full pads, but if you have that speed and that you know and that in a line of scrimmage, I mean, even if you're not in pads, it's still it's You're you're using the same thing. You're using your hands, you know, the top of your helmet, your hands. Like, you're taking off. You're doing all that stuff. There's no difference between having pads on and not having pads on in my mind. Um, But the speed with which you do it um, and with which you practice, that's the only way to get as close as you can to a game rep. And the teams that don't understand that, the teams that kind of walk through or jog through or step through um, are the teams that get shocked in games. So the teams that all of a sudden you get a bunch of holding calls or you a bunch of, you know, uh, of PI calls because you're grabbing and you're off balance and you're out of position because you haven't practiced that way.
2: Do you still think that that there's a a, a really good player in there with Justin Fields?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, I think I mean, I think Justin is incredibly talented. Um, you know, the I guess the the issue that you get into sometimes in in regards to a young player like that, is um, when when you know when you're that talented um, and and you you can make all those throws and stuff. It's the consistency aspect that you really have to look at with his game. And you know, I, here's why I know I suck at golf. Uh, I can get a birdie, I can pipe a drive 325 yards, and his second approach shot to four yards, and have an eagle putt. You know. Um, bottom line is it's the quadruple bogeys and the triple bogeys and the you know and the double bogeys (laughs) the snowman Mm -hmm. right that makes me suck at golf and so the bottom line for me is you know it's consistency i know he's talented i know he can make plays but he has to consistently make those plays and that's you know that's really part of it's coaching part of it's just you know the way he has to operate
1: Mark, this is terrific. Really much appreciate your time, especially in the middle of your busy day as you're getting ready for Titans-Bengals. Thank you.
0: You got it, guys. Take care.